Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Compliance Beat. Uh, We are finally out of the weeds of uh, reviewing the uh, DOJ's memoranda on compliance. And I wanted to change pace a little bit and talk about uh, communication, uh, talk about informal communication or um, compliance, regular compliance communication, and distinguish from uh, your more standard or traditional, if you will, uh, training, uh, whether that's live training or online training or some other um, training mechanisms. Um, and I wanted to give you three tips uh, when you are putting together a program for informal communication. Um, and I, you really do need to have a plan here because what I've seen happen oftentimes is if uh, an organization does compliance, informal compliance communication on an ad hoc basis, um, it just doesn't get done. Uh, some uh, organizations have some success with that. But by and large, if you don't have a, a communication plan along in, in the same regard that you would have an education or training plan or training curriculum, it just doesn't get done. Uh, there has to be a plan behind it. There has to be some sort of uh, uh, schedule that you need to keep to. Um, and so if if you were in agreement there uh, and you're sitting down to with the white piece of paper and you're getting ready to plan your communication effort for you know the rest of 2019 and 2020 or as you move forward uh, I have three main tips or, or, or suggestions that I would give to you uh, in uh, attempting this a more formal informal communication plan for the first time. And the first, and this is the most important one, is be realistic about what can be done. If you are going to be doing this 100% with your own resources, which very often means you, you need to be realistic about what you can actually get done. Um, This is a common problem, uh, not just for compliance officers and lawyers, uh, but but for any busy professional, when you have uh, so much on your plate already, uh, we have the best of intentions, uh, but uh, what is realistic and what is, is likely to happen is usually much, um, uh, much less resource intensive and much less uh, expansive than what our uh, initial thoughts and plans are. And so you need to be realistic about what can get done uh, with the available resources. So what's realistic? Uh, um, I think that for most organizations uh, or for most uh, compliance officers, if you haven't had a formal informal plan uh, for your informal communications in the past, um, start with uh, putting out um, uh, a quarterly effort, uh, perhaps, or maybe every other month, maybe six times a year. And why I tell you this is, I work with a couple of different clients where um, we bring in resources and we help them uh, with their uh, regular informal compliance communications on different topics. And a couple of these clients, um, even without outside resources, have 
some difficulty in getting a uh, communication out on a monthly basis. Some of them try to do it, and I think it's it's uh, laudable, and that may be the direction where, that we're going in with a lot of more mature programs, and some programs do it uh, exceedingly well, but they have the resources to do it. If you're not in a position, you don't have the budget to hire somebody like me or some other organization to help you out, you're going to have to do it all internally. You need to be very realistic about what you can actually get done uh, over the period of a year as far as a, a real um, effective uh, attempt at informal communication. Uh, I think uh, what I often see organizations uh, and individual compliance officers think is that, well, I'll just do this on a monthly basis. I'll get the cadence going and it'll, it'll work. Uh, it really happens. It, it really, there's a lot more to this than what you might think. Um, think about it this way, uh, and we'll talk more about components here in a second, but uh, one common component is a, is a poster. Uh, that's been around forever. We've, we do a hotline and helpline posters and read the code posters. And more and more often, organizations, when they're doing informal communications, are doing uh, regular posters that are being uh, put up in, the, in different facilities uh, for their organizations. Um, just doing a poster, you've got to go through a couple iterations. You've got to make sure that the content, the words, uh, are grammatically correct, uh, that are readable and understandable. So there's going to be uh, several iterations of drafts of just the words. And then what is it going to look like? Uh, do you have internal graphic design resources? And if you don't, uh, or if you are going to be responsible for doing it yourself, there are going to be iterations of that as well. So you're going to go through, um, it's not a matter of just putting something together and throwing it out there. You, you, there is drafting time and revision time. Putting together just a poster uh, might take the better part of uh, a week uh, for, for, you know, e even, you know, and that's pretty quick uh, if you don't have, and if you only have yourself and maybe a few other resources helping you out, it might take longer than that. Um, you know, the hours involved may not be a lot, but there's a lot of iterations and you can't do it all by yourself, even if you really want to. You need to have some QC involved. And so somebody else has to at least lay their eyes on it. Uh, and and make sure make catch any errors. Um, uh, you need some editing. Uh, so so just on that one thing, just on a poster uh, for a communication um, on on a particular topic. And let's just pick harassment for example. Uh, that's going to take some time, and you're going to want to really think thoughtfully about uh, not only what goes into the content, but then how do you get it out there? Who do you send it to in the different facilities? Where do you put it? Uh, what's what's the expectation around where the poster is going to go and who's it who is it supposed to reach? Um, the and that's not and that's just on the on one uh, element of a particular um, communication uh, uh, objective. If you're going to do multiple multimodal communication on on a subject like harassment, then that's just one piece, and you got to figure out. Um, and plan all those different pieces. So you can see how it can very rapidly, very rapidly become much more complex than maybe you initially thought. Um, I, the things that happen here are uh, if people are too ambitious, uh, they either A, uh, get discouraged because they're not able to keep up with the schedule that they put together for themselves, or B, they start trimming back uh, what their objectives are. Now, what I would say to you is it's much better to only have uh, 
a couple of touch points, four touch points a year or, or three touch points a year uh, where you where you discuss a particular topic in depth and do it multimodal, then to, to um, strip back and say, OK, well, I'm going to do something monthly, but it's just going to be um, an e-newsletter e that I'm going to email out to everybody on my mailing list. Well, that's going to catch people who actually open up your emails and read them, but that's not going to catch people walking the halls. That's not going to catch people who might, um, for example, listen to a short podcast or, or look at a short video, or um, that's not going to uh, get to select audiences like managers, for example, with a particular communication to managers. So uh, if, you, if you find yourself wanting to do more frequency but pare it down to something that's really simple like an email blast, I think you're limiting uh, the potential reach of the communication effort. Uh, so you really need to think about scope. You really need to be realistic about what you can get done uh, uh, with everything else you have on your schedule. Uh, if you don't have budget to go out to third parties to help you uh, write, design, and implement all of these different things, uh, you have to think honestly about how long it's going to take you or your team uh, to learn new tools, for example. Uh, one of the things I'm going to mention here in a second is, uh, is uh, uh, the different modes, and I already mentioned podcasting. Uh, you're listening to a podcast right now, so we know podcasting is effective because you're listening. <laughs> you're listening about compliance on a podcast. Who would have Who would have thought that uh, you know several hundred people a week uh, take the time to listen to a uh, uh, some guy talk about uh, uh, very um, sort of uh, uh, obscure <laughs> compliance issues? for 20 or 30 minutes every week. Uh, people like podcasts. And uh, if you are going to do uh, a, a campaign to try to reach people who like different things and are going to respond to different things, podcasting might be part of that. And that's not to, you know, put together a 30-minute podcast every week because it's not, you know, it's, this is not rocket science, I can tell you, but it's, it's a commitment. But uh, on particular topics, maybe putting together like a five-minute little short podcast that has bumper music on the front and back that is, you know, well-produced, that talks about harassment, that talks about antitrust, it talks about uh, privacy or whatever uh, the topic du jour is. And uh, you can put it up on your website and you can email it and you can, uh, uh, you know, reach that part of the population that might be interested in listening uh, to five minutes of a podcast. Um but there are tools uh, involved in doing this. It's not hard. Uh, this dumb lawyer here had figured, has figured it out, so anybody can figure it out. But it does take time, and there are new tools involved in uh, editing audio, for example, or um, uh, going out and figuring out how you're going to save the files and, and send the files and, and, and make the files available for people to download, put them on iTunes, for example. Uh, or some other method of distribution. So there's a lot that goes into it logistically uh, in, in learning the tools. So you have to consider all of this when you're, figure, when you're figuring out, okay, what's my plan? What am I going to do? What's realistic? What's realistic? What are the four topics that I really want to talk about this year? Harassment, anti-corruption, speaking up, uh, and privacy. Okay, we got those four. Now let's talk about how we're going to reach different segments of our our stakeholders, different segments of our population. What are the tools we're going to use? 
So that brings me to the, um, the second and third points that I want to talk about. The second one is be conversational. Think about marketing when you're putting this material together. This goes back to what a little bit to what I was talking about a few minutes ago about uh, don't give up and just do go the traditional route and do uh, uh, you know create a 500 word essay that you email out to everybody um, because you just don't have time to do anything else. Uh, be creative and and uh, uh, think about how you're going to reach these people and be conversational in that in those materials. Whether that's actually having a conversation or one-sided conversation anyway through a podcast, or also you can interview people on your podcast. You know, which I don't do too much of anymore, just because logistically it's hard for me to do. But uh, if you're putting together a limited series on four different topics, you can go out and interview four different people that have some expertise on harassment, uh, anti-corruption, or whatever your topics are, and have a conversation. Uh, but uh, even in those materials where you're not actually having a conversation, like the poster, like have conversational language. Do not create a legalistic poster. Do not create a poster that has uh, 500 words on it. That's not effective. You want a 150, 200 words, maybe, uh, maybe less if you can get it done on a poster so people can digest the important information and understand what you're trying to say. You want, uh, as I said, uh, you want to be, uh, you want to think about marketing as well uh, when you're putting together these materials. You want colors. You want the brand identity of your organization. You want photos. You want it to be splashy and interesting and catch the eye. Um, all the visual materials, the posters, uh, any kind of um, uh, PDF handout that you're going to send out to the wider audience, or manager guides, which we often talk about, manager toolkits or manager guides, which are usually, you know, uh, two to four page long uh, instructional manuals, if you will, on the topic that you would send out uh, to managers so that they can they can cascade and communicate on the topic to their reports. Um, I'm seeing that these toolkits, which used to be a little bit more elaborate, are, 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 are tending to be a little bit shorter now. You know, you may have a page uh, that uh, uh, provides some context for the manager to explain what the topic is and how they should be, dis and the important things they should be discussing with their, their direct reports. And then a second page that maybe has some examples and say, okay, here's some things, some specific scenarios you should talk about with your, with your reports. So giving them some very specific things to talk about. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you don't really need, you know, six or 10 pages of, uh, you don't need a treatise uh, to send out to managers. You can do that, but I don't know that that's as effective as sending a good solid two pages or maybe four if you have to. Uh, but be creative in that too. Don't just send a, a bullet point list in a Word document. You know, uh, put some graphic design on the manager guides too. Make it interesting and make them want to pick it up and review it too. Use graphic design. Use, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, photography and brand and color. Uh, again, think marketing whenever you're putting any of this, uh, these materials together. You're marketing compliance to your stakeholders, and that's an important thing. And that leads me directly into number three, which is be creative. Uh, involve uh, as many people as you can. Even if you don't have budget, uh, leverage the expertise that you have internally. And not only expertise on the particular subject that you're trying to talk about, so not only the SME for harassment or HR uh, or whoever you're going to involve, uh, in helping you develop the material, but involve uh, people uh, that uh, have particular expertise in in writing or editing uh, or design or or or, or marketing, um, because they're going to be able to help you 
uh, communicate your message much more effectively uh, than perhaps uh, the lawyers could do on their own. Um, and then the other group of people you want to involve are uh, managers and those leaders throughout the organization. You're going to want to get them involved so that they can help you be more practical about what uh, these expectations and these uh, and in the guidance should be in the informal communications. But also, you want to you want to you know want to get them involved in helping you distribute these materials, whether it's a poster, whether it's the information in inside a manager guide, whether it's a news article, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a short video, whatever it might be. Uh, uh, you want to involve uh, a broad spectrum of people in this process so that you, that you can reach the broader audience and you have all this buy-in uh, from people who are involved in the process that are going to promote it. If it's just you alone at headquarters sending this stuff out, uh, out into the world, uh, it's less effective than if you have uh, a network of uh, managers and other leaders uh, to help you do that. Um, use different means. I've already talked about several of those. Some other things to think about are games. Uh, uh, or or um, contests. Uh, that's something that you often see uh, where people uh, might answer a few quiz questions and perhaps there's some uh, giveaways involved on, on a quarterly basis or whenever you do these touch points so that people uh, will interact uh, with you on these topics. Uh, get creative about uh, the different means that you're going to use to try to reach people. Uh, and, and honestly, I, I keep saying podcast, but it's, it's really... Uh, can be effective. It's different. It's a different way of reaching the population. Uh, also, short videos, um, informational videos. Uh, they're relatively inexpensive to put together, uh, even if you work with third parties outside your organization. Um, again, it just takes time and effort and planning, and more than what you think it would take, but, but uh, you can get it done. Uh, video is also uh, very effective, particularly if you're going to be uh, expecting people to look at this material either on a portal or through an email um, uh, uh, distribution. Uh, having video, having design, having color, having marketing really makes a difference in whether people respond to it or not. Um, and the, the last thing around being creative is don't get complacent. Uh, one thing that I think is really important is uh, if you are going to do this, you're going to plan out the first year. When it comes around to the second year, don't get complacent. Do some different things, obviously different topics, but also um, maybe try different modalities of, of communication as well. Uh, and don't just stick with the same thing. Um, you're going to find some things work and some things don't. You know, perhaps... Um, you know, you, you, need to, you need to do the best you can to, to, can to track uh, uh, the interaction with these different elements. Um, and you might find that some of them don't, uh, uh, don't work as well as others do. That's not going to be a surprise, right? Uh, so um, uh, don't get complacent. Be cre be, continue to be creative even after uh, you plan out the first uh, campaign. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's not probably too ambitious, particularly if you're only um, go, you're, you're going to be realistic and you're only going to try to do three or four touch points in 2019, 2020. Uh, in 2020, 2021, uh, maybe you do the same and maybe you plot out, you know, six or eight touch points for the next two years uh, and and switch up the modalities and, you know, in your initial plan. I don't think that's a bad idea. But just be creative. Uh, that's, that's really important here, too. Um, 
so those are three things that I think you really have to keep in mind uh, when you're planning this out is you do have to be realistic about resources and time and the, the effort that goes into this. It's much more than what you think it is. Uh, it's not necessarily difficult or beyond the skill level or skill set of the resources you have internally in your organization. I'm not by any means, and this is true with everything that I talk about, uh, suggesting that you have to go out uh, to somebody who's done this in the past or has uh, expertise. But if you don't have these resources internally, if you don't have graphic design resources that you can leverage, if you don't have editing and drafting resources uh, other than legal drafting, which this is not what this is, this is marketing, remember, uh, then then maybe you need to you know see about uh, contemplating some of the budget for uh, going outside the organization. Um, again, this is all part of being realistic. So be realistic about uh, what it takes. Um, be conversational. Think marketing in what you do. Uh, and be creative. Uh, and creative in who you involve. Creative in what you do. Uh, and don't get complacent. Uh, I think if you can do those things, uh, you're going to have a successful uh, formal, informal communication program. Um, coming up, uh, have another webinar uh, end of this month, July 31st, uh, with the Clear Law Institute. Uh, this webinar is going to be on expectations for bo the board with regards to compliance. I haven't done a webinar on involving the board and what the expectations ought to be for board on training and their interaction with uh, compliance personnel in a while. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. I don't yet have the registration page that should be coming up in the next couple of days. So the next podcast next week uh, will include the information on that. But that, uh, but go ahead and mark your calendars if you're interested. Uh, that will be on, again, July 31st at uh, 1230 Eastern, 11, or sorry, 12 Eastern. Uh, uh, oh, wait, sorry. 1 Eastern, 12 Central. That's the time. But I'll have the more specific information registration once the registration page is up. That's what you should your board know about compliance and ethics. Again, that will be at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central on July 31st. Uh, we have some more webinars coming up as we go into start heading into the end of the summer here and into fall. And I'll get more information about those as they come up. We're also pleased to uh, say that we're going to be at the SCCE in Washington, D.C., which will be running from September 15th through September 18th, I believe. But um, I'm going to be there for a couple of days there. And I am very pleased uh, that myself and Kathleen Grilly, who's the general counsel of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, um, are going to be on the first full, full day on Monday, September 16th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to be uh, putting on a program called Organizational Sentencing Guidelines Confidential. Does Chapter 8 still matter to compliance and ethics? And if so, why? Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, the guidelines sort of past, present, and future, but uh, really talking about the today. Uh, obviously, there's been, I've spent the last month talking a lot about the Department of Justice's expectations, uh, but uh, if you're interested in the guidelines and why the guidelines still matter, because I'm going to go ahead and spoil it, uh, the answer is they do still matter, uh, from my perspective anyway. 
Um, please, uh, if you're planning on joining um, us in D.C. for uh, the SCCE's Compliance and Ethics Institute this year uh, on September um, uh, 15th, please do join us uh, for that session, that breakout session. If you're going ahead and registering, I think they ask you when you register uh, to kind of pre-register for the sessions. And this is uh, the first uh, breakout session of uh, Monday. So bright and early uh, Monday, uh, which is the first day for most people at 10 a.m., we'd sure love to see you at that. So plan for that. And I'll talk more about that as we get closer to September, but that should be fun. Uh, Kathleen always brings some interesting data uh, coming from the Sentencing Commission. There's not a lot of data out there about organizational uh, compliance. Um, the sentencing data uh, provides us some insight. Uh, so that's always valuable and interesting to look at. So even if you're not too interested in the philosophical question around the importance of the sentencing guidelines, uh, come for the data because we will, uh, she always does bring uh, fresh data on uh, organizational sentencing, which is always interesting. Uh, so look out for that. And I'll let you, as I said, let you know about uh, other uh, webinars and, and uh, events coming up that you may be interested in. And until next time, Thank you for joining us. Oh, and always, uh, please do uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you uh, uh, download us from. Uh, please uh, 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 review us on iTunes. Please contact us at compliancebeat.com, moreheadconsulting.com, or you can email me directly at eric at moreheadconsulting.com. If you have any questions, we love to hear from our listeners, and we appreciate our listeners as well. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.